Galatians 3.15. Brothers, I'm using a human illustration. No one sets aside even a human covenant that has been ratified or makes additions to it. Now the promises were spoken to Abraham and to his seed. He does not say into seeds as though referring to many, but into your seed referring to one who is Christ, our Messiah. And I say this, this is our text today. I say this, the law, which came 430 years later, does not revoke a covenant that was previously ratified by Yahweh so as to cancel the promise. For if the inheritance is from the law, it is no longer from the promise, but Yahweh granted it to Abraham through the promise. May Yahweh bless His word to our hearts this day. So last week we looked at verses 15 through 16. We're going to center in on verses 17 through 18 today. Let me say from the beginning that I feel that 17 and 18 are very easy to understand based upon what we talked about in the last lesson. If we're willing to accept, that is, that salvation and an inheritance into the kingdom is solely or only by grace through faith in the Messiah. Sometimes when I teach on texts in the Bible that emphasize grace, and there's a lot of them, and so I teach on them a lot because you run into them a lot. But when I teach on a text that emphasizes grace, I usually get asked, but what about the law? Or what about this other text that talks about keeping the commandments? And then there are other sermons where I teach on texts that emphasize works or obedience. And there's a lot of those texts, so I teach on that a lot because you run into that a lot. But usually when I teach on those texts, somebody asks me, but Brother Matthew, what about grace? Or what about this other text that teaches mercy? And I want you to know today that it is okay for you to believe all of the Bible verses. It's all right. If you come across a text that preaches grace, salvation by grace, believe that text. If you come across a text that teaches that Christians are to do good works and obedient, be obedient to the Creator, then believe that text. It's great that we develop over time a deeper understanding of how all of these Bible verses harmonize with one another. I like to have a good understanding and harmonization in my mind. But when we're at a point in our walk where we don't yet understand how that they all harmonize, then it's perfectly fine to just believe the Bible verses and let them stay where they're at. Don't fight any of the verses. Yes, seek for a deeper understanding. Yes, seek for harmonization. But don't fight any of the verses. So today's text is one that will emphasize inheritance or salvation by grace through faith and not of works. And so I will emphasize that in this lesson. That does not mean that I don't believe in keeping the commandments. Because salvation by grace through faith does not mean that I'm going to stop honoring my father and my mother or that I'm going to start bearing false witness on everybody else. That's not what salvation by grace through faith means. How many knows that salvation by grace through faith in Ephesians 2 through 9 is complemented by verse 10 where it says, For we are His workmanship created in Christ to do good works or unto good works which Yahweh hath before ordained that we should walk in them. So we're not our own workmanship. We don't work on our own salvation, but we are His workmanship, and Yahweh creates us new in and through Christ. So last week we went over how a human covenant works. 
And I talked about two different types of covenants. One was a unilateral covenant or an unconditional covenant, and the other was a bilateral or a conditional covenant. Some covenants or contracts, that's what a covenant is, an agreement, a contract, some of them are unconditional, based solely upon one party and their decisions and their promises. Other covenants are conditional, based upon more than one party meeting the requirements of that contract or that agreement. In the case of the promises made by Yahweh to Abraham and his seed, which last week I showed that is ultimately Yeshua the Messiah, verse 16, the covenant or the promise made by Yahweh to Abraham and his seed is unilateral. It's unconditional. And it's specifically the promises that are made in Genesis chapter 12 to Father Abraham and also Genesis 15, which we'll look at next week. Genesis 12 is where we have the initial calling of Abram out of the Ur of Chaldees and how Yahweh said, I will bless you and all the peoples of the earth will be blessed in you or through you. Paul quotes Genesis 12 in Galatians 3 and uses that phrase, all the peoples, nations, ethnos, families of the earth will be blessed through you. And Paul says that is the gospel of grace in Christ that was preached to Abraham by Yahweh. And that means that when anyone, any ethnos, any ethnicity, any social class, any gender, male or female, when they place their faith in the seed, the Zerah in Hebrew, the singular seed of Abraham, which is Yeshua, they are blessed spiritually by being attached to that seed by grace through faith, and thus they share in the inheritance that was promised initially to Father Abraham. So it's a unilateral covenant that's given solely by the grace of Yahweh through faith that is our believing it or receiving it. And that means that nothing later or nothing that comes later can contradict that unconditional covenant. No later contract that is based on conditions or that is bilateral, can contradict the covenant promise that Yahweh made that was unilateral. That's Paul's point here. So Paul's argument is this. In Galatians is a big scope. In Galatians as an overview, that the non-covenant peoples, the uncircumcised Gentiles, anybody that did not grow up serving Yahweh in the law, heathens, maybe worshipers of other mighty ones, as they were raised by their parents, not raised in the law like Judah, not raised in the law like the Apostle Paul, they can come to faith in the Messiah and they can have all of their sins forgiven and they can be first class covenant members because they trusted in the seed of Abraham. Yes. Unconditionally. Yes. That's Paul's point. Some of the Judahites were saying this, well, they can't receive the inheritance until they convert to be one of us as a proselyte through circumcision and the keeping of the law of Moses. And so Paul is responding in this epistle by bringing up the gospel that's preached to Abraham. As I like to say, some people think Paul came up with some kind of new doctrine, but much of what Paul pulls from goes back prior to the law of Moses, to the book of Genesis, pulling from Father Abraham. So it's very, very biblical. And Paul brings up this gospel of grace in Christ, this promise made by Yahweh to Abraham and his seed. 
So the Gentiles, though not raised in the Torah, which means they were raised outside of covenant with Yahweh, they can receive salvation and inheritance the same way that Abraham received it. By grace, through faith. And by the way, Abraham was not saved any different than Matthew was saved. Abraham was saved by grace through faith in Christ. He looked forward, yes, to the coming of Christ. I look back to the Christ that already came. But we receive salvation the exact same way. By grace through faith in Christ. Now this does not mean that the Gentiles go on living any way that they want to. Brother TJ is going to get into this at the end of Ephesians 4 that says we should no longer be like the Gentiles. We should no longer live like the heathens because we put on Christ and we put off the man of the flesh. So it doesn't mean that the Gentiles go on living any way they want to. No. Yahweh's gifts of grace and faith change a person's heart and mind. They no longer desire to be a heathen. They desire to be a saint. And they desire to live a righteous life. So if Yahweh grants grace to a heathen and gives them the gift of faith, which by the way, faith is a gift of Yahweh. Ephesians 2.8, Philippians 1.29. Yahweh gives them that gift. It changes that person to a new creation. A person who is now born of the Spirit. And it shapes them into a faithful follower of Yahweh. But the inheritance is not based on what they become as they grow in knowledge and obedience. That's not what the inheritance is based upon and that's not why the inheritance is given. The inheritance is based upon the unilateral, unconditional covenant promise given by Yahweh to Abraham and his seed, the Messiah. Thus Paul says in verse 17, let's read it again. He says, And I say this, the law which came 430 years later does not revoke a covenant that was previously ratified by Yahweh so as to cancel the promise. So the promise was spoken back in the book of Genesis to Abraham and to his seed, the Messiah. And the law of Yahweh coming 430 years after the promise can't revoke the unilateral, unconditional promise made by Almighty Yahweh. Now there's been much said about this statement 430 years later in reference to what Paul is referring to. Some say that Paul is only talking about laws that did not exist in the book of Genesis, but came about during the time of Moses. I don't think that's what's in Paul's mind at this point. Now, it's clear that the law of Yahweh existed in the book of Genesis. A lot of people still don't know that because they've not been taught that. But the law of Yahweh did not just come about at Mount Sinai. It existed at the time period of the book of Genesis. We have the Sabbath in Genesis chapter 2. We have the covenant of marriage in Genesis 1 and Genesis 2. We have the clean and the unclean animals in Genesis 7. Remember when Noah was boarding the ark. And we even have the law of physical circumcision in Genesis 17. One time I made a list of all of the laws of Yahweh that are mentioned in the book of Genesis and then they later get a more detailed examination in the book of Exodus through Deuteronomy. They're numerous. I think I stopped counting in the 20s uh, each law that was mentioned in the book of Genesis. I don't believe that Paul is saying any law that comes 430 years later is done away with, but any law that already existed in Genesis is not done away with. I don't think that's Paul's point. If you make that a hard, fast rule, then you have a problem because the book of Galatians is primarily about physical circumcision. 
Gentiles being forced to proselytize to Judah through ritual physical circumcision. And that law most certainly did exist in the book of Genesis. Yeah. It wasn't added 430 years later. It didn't come 430 years after the promise made to Abraham. It came about 14 to 25 years after the promises that were made to Abraham. Circumcision is first found in Genesis 17, not at the time of Moses or Mount Sinai. What I think Paul is saying in this text is he's talking about the codification of the law at the time of Moses. What is now called the Old or the Mosaic Covenant. See, Yahweh had laws in existence during the time of Genesis. Even Abraham is said to be a faithful keeper of the law in Genesis 26, verse 5. As a matter of fact, Yahweh said, Isaac, I'm going to bless you because your dad obeyed me. If that doesn't make us want to be obedient to Yahweh as parents so our children are blessed, I don't know what would make you want to be obedient. But Abraham was obedient. So it wasn't like the law didn't exist until Moses, but the codified law. The law all in one place, written down on tables of stone, written down in some form of, of a book, that did not come about until 430 years after the promise was given to Abraham in Genesis 12 and in Genesis 15, right around the same time. During the time of Moses, 430 years after the promises to Abraham, during the time of Moses, a conditional bilateral covenant was made with Yahweh and the nation of Israel. And that covenant was not unilateral. Yahweh didn't make that covenant contract and agreement with Himself. He made it with the people of Israel. And the people of Israel responded to that conditional covenant and they said, all that Yahweh has spoken, we will do. You can read about this beginning in Exodus chapters 19 and all the way through chapter 24 or really through the end of the book of Leviticus. The condition given to Israel was obedience to the codified law written down in one place. See, when you, when you have a law in existence but it's not written down, posted in a book on tables of stone, on a piece of paper, it's not as apparent. Uh, if Brother Frankie gave a requirement to his employees and it never was written down and it kind of just floated around in the air and it was oral, it would exist but as soon as he decided to write it down and sign his name, Mr. Bowen, owner, and put it on the door, it would become codified and it would be more apparent to everybody that walked into his, his business, see, that worked for him. So I think that's what the Apostle Paul is talking about. The law was not codified. The law that came 430 years later, the Mosaic Covenant, the Old Covenant, cannot contradict or do away with a covenant that was previously made and ratified unilaterally, by Yahweh. Yes. What happened with the conditional covenant made by or with Yahweh in the nation of Israel? Well, they broke it. That's what happened. They said they would obey everything that He told them to obey, and they broke it. And let's just not use the pronoun they. Let's use the pronoun I and me. Because we've all made promises to Yahweh that we have broken. Our salvation is not based upon promises that we make to Yahweh. Our salvation is based upon promises that Yahweh makes to us. Amen. If my brother Matthew's salvation was based upon what I do, then I would never be, be saved. That's right. I would never be saved. I've already messed up far too many times. Somebody said, well, he's a God of second chances. 
I told him, I said, I've wore out my second chance so many times it's not even funny. That's right, brother. I'm thankful that he's a God of numerous, yeah, numerous yeah. opportunities. I'm thankful yeah. that when we ask for forgiveness, he forgives us yes. when we come to him in repentance. So what I believe that Paul is saying in Galatians 3.17 is that the later Mosaic Covenant, what we now call the Old Covenant, as opposed to the New or the Renewed Covenant, that Mosaic Covenant that was conditional with the nation of Israel, given 430 years after the promise was given to Abraham and his seed, which is ultimately Christ, that conditional covenant cannot revoke the previous unilateral unconditional covenant made by Yahweh with Yahweh. We'll see next week that when Yahweh made the covenant with Abraham, he put Abraham to sleep. Abraham wasn't even awake. It wasn't like Abraham dozed off and got tired and said, you're taking too long. Yahweh caused him to fall into a trance, a deep sleep, so that everybody would know for future generations that when Yahweh made that covenant, it was between Yahweh and Yahweh, all by himself, all by himself. And guess what? When Yahweh makes a covenant, he's not going to break it. He doesn't break his contracts, right? Like we do, he doesn't break them. So that means the promises would be fulfilled to Abraham and his seed, which is Christ. Now the Judaizers or the influencers that were coming in behind Paul, Paul evangelized the region of Galatia and he preached to both Judaites and Greeks in Galatia and many of them were coming to salvation in Christ. The Judaizers or the influencers went behind Paul and said, no, Paul's message is wrong. And they were saying, look, Gentiles, you have to convert to become a proselyte or else you're not saved. You've got to do it the way that we prescribe. You've got to do it according to our manner and our method. Follow these rules first, and then you'll receive the promised inheritance. Well, in that case, the inheritance will be based upon the law and not upon a promise. But what does Paul say in Galatians 3.18? Look at verse 18 again. It says, For if the inheritance is from the law, it is no longer from the promise. But Yahweh granted it to Abraham through the promise. Not through the law, through the promise, unconditional. This means that the Gentiles can get in the covenant by grace through faith, just like Abraham, based upon the unconditional promise made by Yahweh to Abraham that all the nations of the earth would be blessed in him and his seed. When a person who has not been raised to serve Yahweh like the Judahites had, the Judahites had been raised to serve Yahweh, they still had to trust in Christ for salvation. They still had sins that needed to be forgiven. But when a heathen that had not been raised to serve Yahweh like the Judahites had, when that heathen places his or her faith in the seed of Abraham, Yeshua the Messiah, they join the covenant made by Yahweh and they're an inheritor and a recipient of the promises made to Abraham and his seed because they're attached now to the seed, which is Christ. The inheritance is not based upon who you are ethnically. It's not based upon what you look like. It's not based upon the color of your skin or whether or not you can blush. That's not what the inheritance is based upon. It's not based upon your social status. You don't have to fit into a certain income bracket to receive the inheritance. And it's also not based upon whether you are male or female. Male and female are equal in salvation in Christ. Yes. If you base the inheritance on any of these things, you're adding to the gospel. You're distorting the gospel. And brothers and sisters, I'm telling you, a person that distorts the gospel will not be saved. 
Paul pronounces a curse upon them in Galatians chapter 1. You're adding to the promise. It's like the illustration I gave last week with my oldest daughter, Morgan, receiving an unconditional inheritance from me when I die. It's solely based on my promise to her. All that has to happen is my death, and then she receives it, the inheritance, based on the promise. There's no conditions or requirements for her to meet. If you start adding that to my contract or my covenant that's unconditional, if you add something to that, you're distorting it. You're turning it into something that it's not. And so the inheritance is based solely upon if a person places faith in the seed of Abraham. The empty hand of faith, I like to call it. Faith believes and receives, and yes, faith grows. Faith is just not a word that talks about mental ascent like the demons have in James chapter 2. The demons believe in one God and they tremble at His presence. They don't really have genuine faith. It's just mental ascent. So keep in mind that when I say faith, within faith it's a package word. Faith matures. But it's still faith as opposed to a mentality of the works of the law that think I'm earning my way into the kingdom. Does a person genuinely believe that Yeshua of Nazareth is the promised seed, the Messiah, the Son of Yahweh, the sacrifice, and the atonement for sin. If yes, then the promise and the inheritance is to them because they're attached to the one seed who is Christ. If no, then the promise is not to them because they're trying to enter by some other way. And Yeshua said, if you enter by any other way, you're a thief and a robber. You've got to come by the door. I am the door, He says. So when you try to make anything else a prerequisite to salvation, you're standing in the camp of the Judaizers. When you look down upon someone who believes in Christ as second class or less than you because of who their family is or what they look like or what their job is, or maybe because they're just different and they are not like you, you're falling into the trap of a different gospel. Listen, let me close today by saying this. No one chooses what family they're born into. That's right. None of my children made a choice to be at Genesis. None of them did. None of your family members got to pick or had anything to do with who they are. So it's nonsense to look down upon somebody because they were born into a different family who didn't serve Yahweh or because they look different than you. It doesn't make any sense for you to boast in something that you had nothing to do with and the other person didn't have anything to do with. It doesn't make any sense. It's like Brother Arnold has said so many times, it's like a tall guy looking down and making fun of a short guy as though the tall guy has something to do with being tall. It doesn't make any sense. When a person is given grace and the gift of faith, they're made a new creation. A new creation in Christ. 2 Corinthians 5.17 says, Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. Somebody asked me one time who my dad was. I said, my dad is Almighty Yahweh. And I was joking around a little bit, but I was being serious too, Sister Dorothy, because my father is Yahweh. And when I pray the Lord's Prayer, I pray our Father. He's my Father. He's your Father if you're in Christ. We're made into a new creation, born not of blood, nor the will of the flesh, nor the will of man, but born of Yahweh. Yes. And that is not by a person's choice either. You may say, well, the person has to exhibit faith. And I agree, but the reason that a person exhibits faith is because Yahweh placed the faith inside of them to exhibit. 
Yahweh gave them the faith to have. The reason that a person believes is because grace was shown to them by the sovereign Creator. You would never believe in Yahweh if left to your own. If left to your flesh. You would never put faith in Yahweh in your own nature. By nature, you're a child of wrath. Yahweh has to change you into a new creation in Christ. No one is saved because of who they are in the natural. And no one is saved because of a condition that they meet. No one is saved because they don't worship idols or don't murder or don't steal. All of those are great, righteous, holy things. But righteous living is a result of salvation, not a cause of salvation. A person is saved by grace through faith in Christ. A person, whether they be an Israelite or a non-Israelite, is saved because of Yahweh's promise to Father Abraham. Abraham, go to sleep. I'm making this covenant contract by myself, with myself, and it's not going to be broke. All the families of the earth will be blessed in you, speaking in the future of the Messiah. So if you didn't have any say in how you were born naturally, and you didn't have any say in how you were born spiritually, then why would you spend time saying anything about yourself? Why? Why would you boast in yourself? The prophet Jeremiah, Yahweh through the prophet Jeremiah says, let not the rich man boast in his riches. Let not the wise man boast in his wisdom. Let not the strong man boast in his strength. But he that boasteth, let him boast in this, that he knows and understands me, saith Yahweh. And thus saith Yahweh. Why would you spend time saying anything about yourself? Why not spend all of your time praising Yahweh for His gifts of grace and faith? Praising Yahweh for the gift of the precious Messiah. Why not spend all your time thanking Yahweh for His promise? Why not do like Yeshua taught us to do in the parable in the Gospel of Luke and when somebody says that you have done the requirements, you say, I'm just a good-for-nothing servant who has done only what is required to do. If you are something spiritually today, you are what you are by the grace of Yahweh. Period. You are what you are because of the unilateral unconditional gospel promise. Amen. We'll talk more about this next week. Let's stand and close in a word of prayer. Hallelujah. Heavenly Father, You are great and I am not. You are mighty. Father Yahweh, I am so thankful to be Your child. Father, thank You for choosing me. And Yahweh, Father, help me to have as much compassion and forgiveness and grace upon other people that don't know You as You have had on me. Father, help me to be long-suffering, Yahweh. Father, forgive me for when I fail. Father, I pray that You would touch the hearts and the minds of everyone in here. Father, those watching by way of Facebook or listening by way of telephone. Yahweh, Father, I pray that You would help us to keep the main thing the main thing. We get sometimes sidetracked and we forget what matters most, what's of first importance. And Yahweh Father, we forget that we wouldn't be we wouldn't be even standing here today breathing if it wasn't for your grace. We would not know you and your son if it wasn't for your mercy. Help us, Yahweh, to be more thankful. Help us to talk about you more. Help us not to be ashamed of your word. Yahweh Father, bring us back here next Sabbath to do this all over again. We thank you and we praise you for it's through Yeshua, your son.
we pray. Amen. Amen.